This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver. Next week, the city of Denver is rolling out its new free composting program. This means that spoiled organic produce in your fridge and lawn clippings from your yard can stay out of the landfill and be turned into good soil. But what if you've never composted before? Where do you start? What goes in which bin? Our gardening expert, Anne Maria Wad, is here to give us the quick and dirty guide to becoming a composting pro. Today is Thursday, June 29th. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Anne Maria Watt, welcome back to CityCast Denver. Thank you for having me. So I want to start with the really, really big picture. Why is composting a good idea? Um, you might have heard it's good for the environment. It keeps a lot of organic waste that could otherwise break down and be reused for something else um, out of the landfills. And when it's in the landfills, it's mixed in there with all kinds of plastic and e-waste and it's never going to break down. It also releases a lot of gases in the landfill. Anyways, the bottom line is it's good for Mother Earth. And then you can turn it into good dirt to grow things in if you are so inclined. So the reason we're talking about this is because of the city program. And I, I wonder what is changing next month when it comes to the city's compost pickups? OK, so next month is like the next stage in the pay as you throw uh, a yes. program that has launched at the uh, the beginning of this year. Um, and compost is the next part of that. So what pay as you throw does for people who don't remember, um, it basically means that we're actually pay paying for trash collection now. We didn't before. Um, and we're paying by volume. So folks who um, rent might have seen new trash bins show up, bigger or smaller ones. Um, folks who own homes may have already actually have already gotten uh, two maybe three bills now um, for their trash pickup. And what it means is you're paying a fee for trash pickup, recycling and compost now is included at no extra charge. Um, and you probably know you get your recycling picked up every week now instead of every other week, which is really, really nice. It's awesome. And so as part of the next part of it, Compost is going to be rolled out to everybody for free. The reason why it has taken a bit is to sort of phase in the program slowly and get people used to the idea. Um, so for those of you who are paying for the trash pickup, you already got a couple of like mock bills first to just sort of explain to you how this is going to work, how much it's going to cost you and offer you the chance to size up or size down your trash bin. Um I think most people have done that by now. So it's it's part of the slow phasing in because we're making such a huge change to our habits, essentially. I think also an important piece of this that some people may be aware of um, is that 
chances are if you are composting in Denver, you are in some way connected with A1 Organics, which is the state's largest composter, um, and they have the city contract. So they have already been running the compost program. So folks like you who have already enrolled in the last few years and have been doing it, um, your banana peels and whatnot are going off to A1 Organics in Keensburg. They're the biggest composter in the state. There's a lot of things that they can do. Like they could take, for example, like chicken bones. A lot of places can't do that. Or like if you are backyard composting, um, it's really not recommended that you try to compost stuff like that. But at the same time, a few months ago, there was a Denver Post story about how A1 is starting to ask people to stop composting certain things, um, which is a little bit disappointing, I think, to folks who were part of the program, because I think some of the selling point was that you could put a broad range of stuff in the compost that you would not normally be able to. Let me give you my personal testimonial really quick. Uh as a person that's been using the city compost, I also did the home compost without the city, and it's way harder, to be honest with you. But at the time, the old program through A1 was like, not only was it food waste, um, but it was like paper towels, Kleenex, lint. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Like all these uh, coffee filters, tea bags, all these things. And now I'm having to like retrain myself to put those things back in the trash and like every time I do it I get a little mad I'm like oh my God, I want to throw this in the compost because I know I used to be able to but I know that it is part of as they roll out this giant program they have to get everybody on the same page and yes. it sounds like there was just too big of a margin of error of folks putting the wrong stuff in the compost. Yeah, yeah. So I actually spoke to somebody at Wampos out in Aurora uh, about this and sort of their point of view is a bunch of new folks are part of this compost program that weren't before. And so they don't have the habit and they aren't necessarily used to how it works. And so they're just sort of like throwing a lot of things in there, understandably, that they think are compostable. And a lot of what they run into are the like plastic cups and plastic takeaway containers that are labeled compostable, but like a lot of them aren't. Um, or people will throw them out and they contain something that's not compostable or they're inside a non-compostable bag. Um, and so like pe people aren't actually just going through and sorting out all of their waste. Um, and, th and what you're talking about is like the really, really hard balance to find, right? Like it's got to be easy enough so that a lot of people could do it, right? Everybody's going to get composting. Um, but so so you got to be able to throw in all these things and not have to be sitting there and, and you know, agonizing over every tea bag and <laughs> coffee filter, right? Um, right? But at the same time, A1's got a point, you know, if they start getting really bogged down with a lot of these things that they can't take, they're spending so much time sorting it out themselves. Um, compost is can't can't continue to be free anymore right the cost of actually doing it goes up um and, and that will probably that push folks out of doing it and i see the city's point is make it as easy as possible to get folks in the habit of doing it yeah and it's still um i think it's also really important to know that this is just getting rolled out to residential customers mm -hmm. um so businesses will still have to sort of like find a composter if they are interested in doing it um so for example just like a a I learned the word is micro composter. <laughs> okay. Um, What's a micro composter? It's just like a small business where they'll come and pick up your stuff. Um, so Wampost is one and they operate mainly out in Aurora. Um, depending on where you live uh, in the city, there just might be a local, like you're saying, a neighborhood program as well. 
And some of these might have more flexibility about what they can take. So, for example, when I spoke with Wampos, they told me that they don't actually work with A1 Organics. They work with another composter uh, called GFL. And GFL can take a lot of those um, things that we can't put in the city compost that you can't now. put in the city compost. Exactly. Um, and so business customers still have some kind of alternative because um, businesses are not in the city program at this point. Right. It only serves residents. Yes. OK. Yeah. So if you're if you're a small business and you're thinking about I want to get into composting, there's a couple options of smaller places. Or if you're a resident who's like very set on being able to compost more things, you could go with one of these smaller programs. That's right. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. So let's let's just be clear on what you can put in the city compost when you use the the compost bin that's next to your trash and recycle. What can go in that compost? Still a lot of things. You can still throw in any organic waste. You could throw in meat still, I believe. You can also put like yard waste, like leaves, grass clippings, branches, any sort of organic materials from your yard, weeds that you pull. You can put all of that in your compost as well. The things that they're wanting you to keep out are cardboard and particularly spoiled cardboards, no pizza boxes. Um, and I believe any of that stuff, any of the takeaway wear, plastic wear, quote unquote, even plastic if it wear, says compostable, even if it says compostable, because, again, it's kind of like organic where there anybody can throw that word around. But like whether or not it's actually organic is uh, there's like nobody really keeping track <laughs> So the levels of like, who knows if that's compostable? Is it the grade of of uh, compostable plastic or whatever that A1 can handle? Is it is it really certified compostable, compostable is the term that I've heard. Um, but I believe I have, maybe I have to double check. I think A1 is going a step further and just saying none of that stuff. OK, so it's food waste like banana peels. Uh, you know, if you peel Coffee your carrots. Grounds coffee grounds great one um any meat scraps um and the other thing i, I want to make sure we mention is if you are someone who has the little composting bin in your house that you collected in and then take it out kind of like your trash can you can put those green compostable bags that are like certified compostable those can also go in there so don't worry about yeah. that that part doesn't have to change for your behavior yeah for sure exactly um okay so Say I'm a person who's like, <laughs> I want to go off the grid, man. How do I do my own backyard composting? Is it like something that like anybody can do? And is it legal to have a compost like pile in your yard? Uh, well, I'm one of these idiots. So <laughs> let's talk about it. Um, I think it's totally doable. It's about it's about like your expectations. Right. So I okay. think um, um, something. I did and I think a lot of people do is they just like go into it expecting that they're going to get 
compost. Um, get like the re- get months. the return get the uh, get the finished yeah. product, which is like the ROI. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and the, the the thing is, is like if you buy a lot of those like tumblers or bins or stuff like that, they'll tell you that they'll be like, get beautiful finished compost in like six weeks, and that that usually doesn't happen. <laughs> just not it's not gonna happen um but that's fine i have a big um just like compost bin in my backyard that's open from the bottom and then it has a bunch of openings around the sides to let air in that is yard waste kitchen waste um and i don't expect anything from it (laughs) i give and i give and i give and i never get anything back there are things you have to keep in mind okay so if you're living in the city critters are the biggest concern i mean as honestly if you're living in the suburbs too sure um squirrels yes but skunks raccoons in the city you'll get rats rats um i have some very cute little mice that live in my pile but (laughs) the my pile this is the very important thing my compost pile is very far away from my house it's like at the other end of the yard and they stay there like the mice don't get into my house um, and so it's very important that you have enough space to keep it away from your house um, because there is a good chance you're going to attract critters and that it is sealed or covered somehow. So like an open compost heap in the city is not a great idea. Um, you probably will attract some stuff and you'll make your neighbors mad. I was one of those bad people. Lived in a commune of sorts and had an open compost pile and it smelled terrible. <laughs> the weird thing is, if you are like doing it right, an open compost pile doesn't have to like stink. You were um, doing it wrong. <laughs> you were doing it. You were, there was a lot of uh, anaerobic decomposition <laughs> happening. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> But, but like um, in terms of like what you put in it, how you make sure you turn it every couple of days, yeah. like wrote, you know, it's like stir it up kind of. You have to turn it. It has to have airflow going through it. It has to have enough moisture. Um, then it doesn't smell like it's, you know, when I turn the heap in my backyard, it doesn't smell usually. Um, but, you know, critters still smell it. They they still smell lunch. People love doing the vermicomposting, which is the worms. Um, and you could do the worms in an apartment if you're not icked out by that. So um, you, when you say do the worms, what do, do you? <laughs> my favorite dance. Um <laughs> Is this you, like a thing? Like, is this like an ant farm and you just put you trash in You go out it? and you hire a bunch of worms. <laughs> no, um, you buy a bunch of worms. But basically, it's like a bin where you have uh, levels where you separate out the compost. And then on each level is a bunch of worms and they will eat uh, your organic waste. Um, and they break it down a lot faster than sort of like the normal way. Um, and you will more than likely get usable compost out of that pretty quickly. Um, and then because it's, you know, you could do it in a small space. People really like it for apartments. It keeps, uh, and again, because the decomposition is like happening the right way, it keeps the smell way down. Um, people tend to love worms. <laughs> Not all people. I know. I was like, don't love worms. So, <laughs> I mean, I love what they do for the earth, but I don't want to be close to them in my home. You don't want to do the worms. <laughs> what is A1 doing with our food waste when we send it to them? If you are a Ace Hardware shopper, you will probably see the um, EcoGrow compost available for sale. Uh, that that's where it goes. Um, I personally think that if you are giving compost materials, you should get, get compost materials I for free. That well, we're pay also we're paying for. Tra- okay, I, I I'm with you. Yeah, no one asked me. <laughs> <laughs> 
But you can buy back your composted materials from yes. A1 Organics through Ace Hardware if you want to buy the compost that was made with your trash, with your you and your neighbor's trash. It's labeled A1 Organics Eco Grow. There's usually a little like info sheet saying like, hey, this is where all your crap went. I mean, <laughs> that's part of the problem with trash in general is it's out of sight, out of mind. We don't know where our recycling goes necessarily. So the fact that we can see the fruits of the fact that we've decided to put our food waste in a specific bin and now we get something out of it is pretty cool. It is really, really neat. I love um, that. And it's good stuff. Yeah. Highly recommend. Um, so we'll have that. We'll have some links to some other alternative places if you want to do sort of a deeper level composting than the cities. And then we'll also have a link to the cities page because they have a great FAQ on every question you might possibly have about composting in the city. The city of Denver has really answered it on their page. And um, also, I'll just give a shout out again to the um, Denver Waste Management has an app that's super easy to use. I, it has a game on it. Oh, it does? Did you did no, you know that? No. I found that I was just like <laughs> messing around with it and I there's a game on it like where you're like throwing things in the trash. <laughs> Check gonna, it out. Oh my god, I'm totally going to play it. Well, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Again, they give you every question you could possibly have. Also, if you're listening and you still have a question for me or Anne-Marie, we are happy to answer it. Um, you can call our hot trash hotline at 720-500-5418. That is all compost all the time. 720-500-5418. Anne-Marie, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Always happy to talk dirt. The city of Denver is going to be distributing compost bins neighborhood by neighborhood starting next week. So keep an eye on your mail for resources and a notice about when you can expect your shiny new compost bin to arrive. Just don't expect it to stay shiny for too long. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. Crowds at the airport. Yes, they've been bigger than usual this week as hundreds of people were reportedly stranded overnight at DIA due to severe weather in the Northeast and across the country. The Denver Post reports that nearly 300 flights were canceled or delayed at DIA on Wednesday with United Airlines leading the pack. United CEO said that 150,000 of his customers were affected and suggested that staffing issues at the Federal Aviation Administration were to blame. One thing's for sure, you can always check on the crowds at DIA before you fly or try that new security check reservation system they just introduced. I'll drop some links to both of those in the show notes. And finally, remember when liquor store owners warned us that if we voted to let grocery stores sell wine that their businesses would be in trouble? Well, the Denver Post reports that exact thing is happening. It's been three months since King Supers, Safeway, and other grocers were allowed to start selling wine, and liquor stores, large and small, are feeling the crunch. One owner reported a, quote, huge hit to her sales, forcing her to consider letting go of employees, and others have closed for good. On the flip side, I've got some advice to grocery stores who are way too excited to sell all this wine. Like, no, I do not want rosé with my tortilla chips. Thank you very much. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell Oscar the Grouch and his worm slimy about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. You gotta learn the hard way. And that's when you ate the SCOBY and ended up in the hospital. <laughs>